This is the Wealth Game Podcast, where business owners and investors learn the game of growing and keeping more of their wealth through the same tax and investment strategies used by the wealthy. Your host, Brent Beeman, is a CPA, tax advisor, and president of Beeman & Company. On today's episode, we're going to go over quite a few different types of investments, because if you are if you are an investor, if you're a professional investor, if you're wanting to get into investing, it's smart to understand what your opportunities are, what what different types of investments you can get into. And with that, you can you can learn about each individual one, you can get more knowledge on it, you can get more background on it, learn the pros and the cons, the risks, the rates of return, etc. The more you know, the more you know about your opportunities, I think the more opportunities you will have or you can create. So I'll, I'll kind of go through a list here. I'll go. Th- I'll just kind of list them out, and then we'll go through individually, and I'll just talk a little bit about each of them, and maybe the tax impact, and some of my thoughts on each of them. So this first one is that I'll cover is investing in businesses, so your own business or other businesses. The next one is real estate is another type of investment, of course. There's stocks. There's bonds. There's mutual funds. There's money market funds. There's cryptocurrencies oil and gas investments, there's retirement plans, insurance plans, and annuities. I think there's 10 or 12 of those there, uh, but we'll go through each of those. So this first one I mentioned was was businesses. So investing in your own business. If you are a business owner and you're buying, say, equipment for that business, equipment or something, some type of software, if you're investing in an employee, something that will help your business grow and create more income, that is an investment. If it's creating more income, like on one side, it could be creating more income for your business, but on the other side, it could be creating more value, uh, like the value of your business, if you're looking to sell it at some point. Most businesses are valued based on a multiple of, well, maybe not most, but a lot of businesses are valued based on a multiple of their top line income, like your gross income, or your bottom line income, like the net take-home income. So if what you're buying for your business increases that, it would also be increasing the value of your business. So when you're tracking your net worth, making sure make sure you're including the value of your business and watch how those different investments could increase the value, increase that, that net worth and that wealth created through your own business. Uh, and it doesn't have to be your own business. You could have a you could have a friend, a family member, or you could hear about a new business like a startup or like there's so many different opportunities where you could be investing in someone else's business where, of course, in my opinion, that's that's a lot riskier. And I'm not saying don't do it. You just need to understand the risk because my opinion of risk is that as you're losing control, if you're giving your money to someone else and they're making the decisions, you're not in, in control of that business. You're not driving the ship or steering the ship. So just make sure you understand the risk there. But, of course, it might take less time. Of course, it would take less time if you're investing in someone else's business, but just understand the the pros and cons of each. And the next one, we've talked about this a lot, is the real estate type of investment. I've got a whole podcast on the different types of real estate investments, so we won't go into detail on all those. But just remember, within real estate, there's commercial real estate, there's residential real estate, there's industrial there's real estate where you can you can invest in REITs or in funds where you're completely passive. You could be you could be buying your own single uh, a single family home to rent out. You could be doing short term rentals. So those are some of the like the subcategories of real estate. 
And then of course, the next one, this is most of us when we, I feel like most of us when we're starting in investing, when we're younger, when we're, if we're taught anything about investing in school, it's, it's typically related to investing in public companies through the stock market. And I think that's, I think that's the wrong way to think about it. And I don't know all the reasons why we are so focused on stocks, but there can be some good returns in stocks. Uh, again, in my opinion, because we have absolutely no control of the decisions each of those companies are making, I think it's a little riskier. We're just kind of riding the wave. We're just there with everyone else. But of course, stocks are a big part of, of a lot of people's investments. And as you're investing in stocks, I like to, I like to look at them as um, like the stocks that are dividend paying versus the stocks that don't or typically don't pay dividends. Because if you are looking at, say, if you have a, a net worth goal or a net cash flow goal to replace your regular income, if you're investing in those dividend paying stocks, that could count as cash flow coming back to you. So just watch that. That'd be my recommendation with stocks. Just watch dividends versus non-dividend paying stocks. And then uh, we've done a whole episode on bonds specifically. There's I mean, type, different types of bonds where some could be tax-free at the federal level. Can, some can be tax-free at the state level. Typically, bonds are typically known to be uh, relatively low risk and also rel like relatively low return because of that. And then the next one I talked about was mutual funds. And mutual funds, like as long as you understand what they are, um, sometimes there are, like there could be fees built into these different funds that the different companies have put together. Just just be aware of that, that there could be fees there. And sometimes it's, it's more of just a time-saving thing instead of you going in and individually picking 50 different stocks to invest in. There's these funds that have done that for you already and you just invest into these funds. and. It saves you time, but just make sure you don't just look at the name of the fund. Look at the underlying assets, and but they're they're treated. Those types of funds are treated pretty much like equities and stocks. Like you'll normally have capital gain as capital gain or loss as you come out of those investments, and there's no deduction when your money goes into those types of investments. And another one is like there's money market funds or CDs, is like normally at your local bank or credit union where you, you can put money in, say for an 18 month CD, there's advertisements out now where you're actually getting a, a return on your CD investment, uh, like four to 5%, which we haven't seen in about 10 years or so. But a couple years ago, we were getting like a one or 2% return on these CDs or, or even less. But that's typically where like a CD is where you put the money, say it's $10,000, put the money on it in an 18 month CD. You don't pull that out if you want the full amount of interest. You can't pull that out for 18 months. But then when you do pull it out, your uh, yeah, your account grew at a 4% per year rate or whatever whatever their stated interest was on it. And then the other another type of investment is the cryptocurrency investments. And these cryptocurrency and again, we've done another podcast episode of this this like to kind of talk about the subcategories of cryptocurrency where it's not all just like a stock investment where you're just buying and holding it. Where a lot of people, that's kind of what they're doing with crypto. You just buy say buy some Bitcoin, you just hope the value goes up, kind of like you would with a stock. But remember, cryptocurrency, you can, you can have earned income with cryptocurrency, like a, a business, if you're doing some of the mining, you can get 
something very similar to interest income or earn like an APR on, on the amount of crypto that you have in certain companies. So just be aware of the different like subcategories of what you can do with crypto. Uh, another type of investment in that and what we're talking about today is the oil and gas investments. And oil and gas investments where I think, and I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball on the amount of risk in each investment. Like I feel like the risk is a little higher and or somewhat higher than, than others. It's similar to investing in a business, like a business venture where you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to give money to this syndicator and they're pooling funds to go give money to this uh, oil and gas company where they're they're expecting that they're going to be drilling and and get into some oil in these certain areas. Um, if they don't if they don't strike oil if they don't get into some oil, uh, your investment you're likely not going to get much or any of it back. I've not seen a lot of those fail. Probably just a, two or three maybe in the 15 20 years I've been doing this. But uh, oil and gas investments while the rate of return could potentially be pretty high. Uh, just remember that risk. There is some risk with it. Just like all these other investments, there is some risk, but the rate of return in oil and gas can be pretty high. Uh, and there's also some really good tax benefits with it, where you could get about 80 or 85% of the money that you put in to the oil and gas investment as a deduction in the first year. And then the income that kicks off of that every year, uh, you don't have to typically pay tax on all that. There's there's some different types of tax law that allows you to receive the income of the cash flow, but not not have to pay tax on all of it. Uh, so I, I really do like oil and gas investments, but just want to make sure you're aware of different risks there, as with any other one. And then the next one on my list, of course, a very, very broad category. I just called it retirement plans. And this is more to highlight like what you'll typically see like as an employee, as an employee at your at your job, like what they'll offer you. You've got the 401k plan, there's a traditional version, there's a Roth version, some different, like if you work at a, a school or government or county, uh, there's some different variations of those, like different types of retirement plans, but they're all practically the same as far as long-term uh, retirement planning goes. Sim very similar to the 401k. They just got the tax, the one where you get the tax deduction where it goes in like a traditional and then the one where no tax deduction now and it grows tax-free like a Roth version. And then as a sub subcategory of retirement plans, just remember there are self-directed options for retirement plans where you can roll money out of a, re a typical retirement plan, roll it into a self-directed plan and it opens up your opportunity to invest in some of these other investments and it gives you a little more control where if you want to invest in uh, say oil and gas, oil and gas opportunities, or if you want to invest in real estate syndications or diff different real estate funds, those self-directed options can be really good. Or cryptocurrency is another one of those. And then uh, another one, second to last, we're going to talk about are the insurance plans uh, and how insurance plans can be an investment. When I think of the type of insurance plan that would normally be that I would consider investment, that would be the whole life type of plans like the universal life or whole life, like those permanent life insurance options as compared to the term options. Where term, it's you've got life insurance where you're gonna have a, or your family will have a payout if you die. Say you got a million dollar policy and you're paying a hundred bucks a month to have a million dollar policy. If you die, your family gets the million bucks. But the day that you stop paying or the month that you stop paying that hundred dollars, like the hundred dollar monthly premium, you're, 
your policy would lapse and you would no longer have a policy and there's no asset underlying asset or value with that it's just it's an opportunity you have while you're paying it but you don't have it when you're not and then uh, of course the whole life policy uh, it takes usually a few years some years to build up the value in those and but you can start accumulating wealth on like the cash value that you have and you can start getting the returns on uh, really a return on investment within that policy that's tax-free and it would also be cash value like a cash balance that you could access if needed and you could take a loan from your own whole life policy so it's a pretty pretty cool thing you can do make sure it's a long-term planning like option for you or something you're going to do long term so you're not just wasting the money on those those front-loaded premiums like if you only did it, did it for a year or two and then kind of related to that we've got annuities or if you've got a, usually if your grandma has a lump sum of money or if you have a lump sum of money and you go, you know what, I just want to put a million dollars over here and I just want to get a $5,000 monthly check because of that million dollars. Usually related, they're usually tying in some sort of life insurance because of that. But if you're looking at just like a fixed income type of thing, uh, annuities could be an option for you. And just, just be aware of the fees associated with that. And it's usually you're not normally seeing the fees but there's some some pretty hefty premiums or not premiums commissions that are paid out to to the agent selling those but yeah here these are some options I think that was 12 of them and there's probably a hundred others there's, there's so many different investment options but I just want you as an investor as an individual business owner just I want you to be aware of all the different options you have and as far as investments go I just make sure you are educating yourself that would be my biggest recommendation. Don't just start throwing money places and seeing if it'll stick. Educate yourself. See what you like. See what you don't like. Like assess your risk tolerance, rates of return. Just understand all those things and then start deploying your money. But by doing that, I know it'll help you grow your wealth and save more on taxes. But please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and please provide a review of what you thought of this episode. For specific topic requests or questions to be covered, please email questions at wealthgamepodcast.com.